Hello everybody and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very, very much for listening to mine. This is a podcast I did with an anonymous IATSE member. You might not be aware, but IATSE is basically the union which makes the movies work as a functioning job. Basically, my guest will get into it, but it's pretty interesting. Anyway, so the IATSE union had a important victory earlier last year, and I put this, I recorded this podcast, and now I'm putting it out. The thing I wanted to talk with you about right now is you might be aware of the number of podcasts I've done about the movies on my show and the reason for that is because in the Atlanta area this is a major industry for employment and it's a major part of the economy Um, but it's also I think a very influential uh, industry at least right now in the world and I think historically that's something important to understand at least to some degree The thing I wanted to say right now is that this was recorded after a movie called Rust uh, was, it wasn't uh, completed, I don't think, but it was being filmed. And during this filming, there was an accident involving a crew member and a gun and Alec Baldwin was involved, and he accidentally, most likely, uh, shot this crew member, and there were safety protocols that were not followed, or appear not to be followed. Um, And the anonymous IOTSI person that I speak with in this episode gets into that a very little bit. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to say, um, for that reason, this might not be a podcast you want to listen to around the children if that's not something you want to talk about with your kids. Other than that, it's a perfectly, I don't know, family-friendly episode, but it's a perfectly fine episode, I think. Uh, Well, they're all fine episodes, but it's perfectly acceptable, I would think, too listen around uh, kids and work and stuff unless you uh, don't want to talk to your children about death and dying. All right, everybody, this has been Ben Kitchings, and as always, I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too. Bye-bye now. This call is now being recorded. Hi, everybody, this is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. And I'm here today with an anonymous IATSE member. And we were going to talk about, basically about the, the film business and about what IATSE does and maybe a little bit about the uh, agreement that IATSE recently struck. Uh, so why don't you get us kicked off? Sounds good. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of discussion um, both on set and on the forums as to the 
agreement that was actually just ratified by by membership. Um, the agreements last for three years, and this, this year it was due to come up for negotiation. Um, my understanding that those negotiations started back in January for the uh, agreement that was set to expire, and I believe it was August, if I have the date correct. Um, yeah. And so there's been a lot of movement in the, the labor unions and in labor in general since, since COVID has begun, um, not just in Iowa, but across the world and the, the U.S. Uh, people are starting to, to push back against working conditions and ask for, for better working conditions. And that wasn't necessarily something that was uh, at the forefront on set um, back in January when this agreement started. But people yeah. really uh, become more passionate about it, and there's been more engagement, and people have worked to learn more about the, the contract that has been going on. Um, during this time, yeah. So I was, um, I was, I was listening to a podcast, um, and they were talking about what IATSE was and how they described it as basically the the middle class job of the film industry. Um. So why don't you go ahead and, and uh, tell everybody first? Let's drill down into what IATSE actually covers. Um, it's the IOPC is the abbreviation for the International Alliance of Stage Employees, um, and so it it covers uh, multiple different crafts um, mm. that that work on set. And a, and a craft can be everything from a cook to a paramedic. Is that right? Yeah, so you've got um they've got what's called crafty, which is the the snacks, the drinks, the um things the coffee, the important things that uh get everybody uh through the day. You've got catering, which will provide breakfast, lunch, dinner, depending on when you get on there. Uh construction the guys and gals that are working on building the set, you know, there's there's paint, um, those off production um, have been not on not on set. Uh, people that are vital to what goes on on set are also covered. All right, so. So essentially, um, like if Ayatsi doesn't, if Ayatsi hadn't have been working, like the film business would have ground to a halt. Yeah, yeah, right. um, because you've got. I mean, there's also the producers, the directors, the writers, um, 
but the IOT covers the people that are doing the physical labor in addition to the creative labor. Oh, okay. Okay. So what's a member of IOT that would be a creative person, type person? Um, I think as far as the creation, you're, you're looking at, uh, yeah, so creative, I, I think you're looking at the people that are doing the, the artwork. Um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Producing, producing, coming up with that and, um, how to per- portray the, uh, the vision of, of the script there. Okay. Okay. Um, can you tell us, um, go through a typical day for, for the folks? So you've got your, your call time and depend, depending on what craft you're in, um, is when you get there. Hair and makeup typically are there incredibly early. Um, costumes, the, the set medic, uh, they're, they're the people that are there first because they're getting everybody ready for on screen. Um, and there's, there's a saying in the movie industry, if you're on time, you're late. Uh, and that's because your call time is, you should be ready to work at that point. You don't show up and then get ready to work. Uh-huh. The people that are, um, perhaps that are getting the, the cameras and the, everything else set up for that first shot. They're there um, unloading the truck if it needs to be done or moving things around, setting up lights, setting up the, uh, the cameras. So that when call time occurs, uh, you can have your safety meetings. You can be prepped on how the day's planning on going, you know, what what shots they're uh, assuming or looking forward to, to setting up. And then uh, sometimes things change during the day, be it lighting or whatnot, if you're outside. Uh, things that are out of your control, they'll change those shots. And then at the end of the day, um, you've got to, to wrap everything up. So, uh, again, the, the costumes and the, the set medic are the, usually there a little bit later, uh, especially if there's any, any background. You have to make sure that document what everybody's wearing and, and get all the appropriate uh, costumes or accessories, props, back so that you can be prepared for the next day. Or if those people don't happen to uh, um, work in the following day, just have it set up for for a future day. Yeah. 
Why does the set medic have to be on scene? Okay, let me. Does the set medic have to be on scene the entire time that there's people there? Um, gen- generally, if if there's any any work that is involved, so usually the set medic there um, when people start arriving in the morning, so that if there is anything that goes on uh, injury wise. They can take care of them. And then at the end of the day when the uh, trucks are wrapped up and loading, unloading is done, then uh, they're clear to go. There's general office or paperwork for that sort of thing. Um, Typically not necessary to stick around the whole time. Okay. Um. All right. So is there like um is there a is there like a a a job or something that typically leaves earlier than most people or are you guys all there pretty much all at the same time? Um it's all roughly roughly the same time. Uh, uh-huh. the the teamsters that are that's a whole nother union, but uh, they work extremely long hours because they've got to get everything set up before we get there and then they've got to shut everything down uh, when we leave. So that's that's another union, but uh, those guys and gals are there really long hours. What does the Teamsters do on a set? Because I thought IATSE did what Teamsters do. Well, uh, the Teamsters are in charge of uh, basically anything motorized. So they're driving the trailers, they're moving uh, trucks around, uh, they're shuttling the they're driving the shuttle vans. Uh, if there's on construction, if there's lifts or specialty equipment that needs to, with a motor that needs to drive around, they're the ones that are doing it, that are doing it and operating it. So. Okay. All right. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you went into how long. Like, how long your average day is, did you? No, and that that varies depending on what you're shooting. If you're shooting something with the the involves children, the days are longer. Um, really? I would have thought they were shorter. Yeah, I'm sorry, shorter. Yeah, kids kids <laughs> can only work so long, so their, uh, their days are definitely shorter. Um so define okay. So hang will, on. Okay. Let me split a hair. <laughs> you might mind if I split a hair with you? Uh, define working with a kid. Like okay. So say like the superhero is sitting with his family, and he's playing a board game with his with his little girl, and his little boy or whatever. You know, before he has to go beat up the bad guys. 
but that scene is only like, I don't know, a couple minutes or something, right? In the finished product. Is that defined as working with children? So you spend the whole day doing that or, or what? Well, so there, the children have teachers that are on set. They have to, I don't know exactly all the ins and outs, but there's, there's school teachers that are on set and sometimes those school teachers can double as the, uh, the children's, uh, representative. So yeah. there always has to be a, a child rep on set. Um, some of the, the laws right. and re- regulations regarding what's acceptable for uh, the education requirements just changed within about the last month or two months. So. Huh. Um, Would not okay. What are, What are some of the? Do you know what those are or not? Um, Probably not. Probably not. I, that's that's out of my scope realm. Yeah, so I can talk in rough generalities, but the the specifics and everything, um, oh. I don't know the ins and outs of them. I think, like, they have to go to school. They have to have a tutor. Yeah, there, there's, there's uh, teachers that are on set with them, and anytime the children's on set, they have to have... Uh, a representative. So a lot of times the parents are there uh, in addition to somebody, but there's always somebody keeping track of when the kids break, how long they're break, um, the number of hours that they get or minutes that they get um, for education. And they're required to get minimum 20 minutes blocks uh, how long they have to be in school for it to count. Huh. So, like, they have to have 20, you said they have to have 20-minute blocks of of schooling, of, uh, I guess, education? Right. So, if, if you say there's, there's a break in the shooting schedule or whatnot, and they say, yeah. send the kids to school, well, then, in order for it to count for the requirements, they have to be in school for a minimum of 20 minutes. You can't send them to school for 10 or 15 minutes, pull them out and start shooting again and count those 10 or 15 minutes towards their schooling requirement. You don't happen to know what the schooling requirement is, do you? That'd be interesting to know. No, I do not. See if I can Google that. I don't know the. It says here the, uh, for example, uh, this is like backstage.com. It says here, like in New York, uh, auditions legally have to begin after 3 p.m. But they typically begin. 310 or 315, so. Well, yeah. And I believe that there's, they also have to follow each state requirement as well. I mean, I, I know for a fact, 
the state's uh, going to have a, a different um, different work requirements. Yeah. So. Like I know for a fact that Georgia has education standards. Yeah, they might be uh, low. But. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I do know that. Like Georgia has has education standards. Like teachers have to hit certain lessons within a year, within a school year. But I think I don't want to say that on a podcast. I don't want to say what I was going to say next on a podcast. Um, because <laughs> you know, if ye podcasters speaketh, it becomes like that's what happens. You know. <laughs> don't yeah but um anyway so okay um what is something like the average so like say you're the average person the average uh working work a person who you know you, you go to the movies you watch tv whatever blah 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 but like Here's the thing that IATSE has to deal with, or the IATSE people have to deal with, that the average, you know, Joe and Jane, you know, citizen wouldn't know about, or would be kind of amazed at. I think it's it's the length of the days that you're putting in. So if you're scheduled to shoot 10-hour days, it's typically at work for 12 hours and 10 hour days prior to COVID were exceedingly rare. You're typically scheduled to work 12 hours, you know, 12 hour shoot days, which meant yeah. you were working usually at least 14 hours. So you got to set up and break down. And it's not right. unusual to work to shoot for 12, 14 hours, so you're working 16, 18 hour days. Um, and that's, that's five days a week. And then the, the people off production, they're working hard as well with the requirements that are put on them. So it's not unusual for construction. I'm just using construction in a, in a general term in terms of yeah uh, paint, paint. There's there's a lot of different crafts that fall under construction, um, right? Especially crafts, but but I think that gives a good idea of what's going on. Um, those it's not unusual for those folks to work twenty forty days in a row because they're rushing to get sets built, um, get them put together. Um, for the filming, so they'll work Saturday, yeah. Sunday as well. Do okay. Here's a question. Um, so, and here is a question that just entered my brain. <laughs> I had a whole workup of questions I was going to ask you, but here's one that just flew into my head. Um, so, without telling me where you live, um. I live in Atlanta, which is a city, I don't know if you know this, but it's a city where they're, they film a lot of international shoots, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of like that. Uh, 
does like IATSE work international shoots or just just domestic shoots? Yeah, so they, there can be members that that travel all over the world to where wherever they're filming. No, I mean like you know, there uh, there can be there can be local unions as well, but yeah. IATSE members can can travel to go go shoot yeah. overseas. I mean, like uh, China was filming some. A Chinese company was filming something in Atlanta uh, for for Chinese audiences, for example. Uh, would I actually work something like that, or do you know? Um, it. I think the answer is that it's going to depend. So okay, okay. If if they're if they're hiring all non-union people. Or if they're bringing, if it's a small production and they're bringing their own cinematographers yeah. and that sort of thing. But if they're hiring local people and then the local people want to uh, work with the foreigners, work with the foreign crew or whatever. Well, the if, they production. Want to, if they want to petition the, the local, there's steps to take to turn that into a union coverage show, in which case the producers would have to uh, enter in negotiations with the with the union if it passes. But oh, okay. Um, so not everything that's produced is is union. Huh. Well, you're right because there was that in the news. Um, I, I'm I'm sure you know about it. Uh, the the Alec Baldwin uh, was involved, or uh, I don't know if he was involved as far as legally, but uh, he was on set when it happened. Actually, did he did actually? I don't know. This gets into. Let me actually say that again, because when you say things, things can mean things. Right. <laughs> legally, so <laughs> so there was a non-union suit in. Where was it? Uh, New, New Mexico? Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And things might have happened. Might have involved some people. Um, but anyway, so the, I guess the party line is that if this had been a union shoot, that might not have happened or in that well, regard. So it's my understanding that Union that Rust was union. Um, so okay. That. All right. I don't. And that being said, there was some non-union workers on it. The camera crew walked off due to the yeah. situations and and statements uh, that they deemed not safe. And so non-union people were brought in um, to work. Okay, so now, it might... also non-union people working in positions. Um, okay. Like, likely shouldn't have, you know. It's, so, like, so, like, you're saying, like, it might have started off union 
but certain people might have walked off. So it might have, in order to press on, it might have become non-union. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I right. think that that's a that's a complicated situation on that side, but it sounds um, complicated. One, especially one thing that's not complicated is, regardless of union or non-union, there is inexperience and protocols were not properly followed. You know, yeah, that's that's the only way that something that horrible could have happened. If yeah, people union or not union were were simply right not competent. Yeah, it sounds horrible. Just to, I mean, yeah, um. And the, there's a whole lot of things we can get into that as far as my personal feelings of whether there's going to be charges brought up or not. Um, oh, I, if you want to get into it, I'd love to get into it with you. But uh, do you want to, I mean, I'm not going to press you. Well, but, I think just just briefly, you know, at the very least there was negligence. Uh, you know, does it rise to criminal negligence? Uh, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, you know, I don't know the New Mexico statutes, but as an outsider looking in, as somebody that has worked on sets before with extremely knowledgeable and competent people and been around sets when it's had guns, I think so. Um, All right. And then other, other outside influences, New Mexico is a state that is growing in terms of their uh, their film industry and shows move from Atlanta there. Lots of stuff from California is moving there. So do they want to pursue charges that might limit that opportunity or label them as film unfriendly. I would hope when it comes to potential civil and criminal issues that yeah. finances wouldn't be a, a, a driving factor, but we all know that money rules everything. So Yeah, um, money makes the world go around. You know, there's <laughs> I don't think there's any any evidence <laughs> of that happening. Um, and I hope it wouldn't be, but it's something that, yeah. that are. Okay. Since you said that, you know, you, you are, you've been on a set with guns before. Uh, do you want to walk us through the, the, the proper procedure just from your own experience as to what happens or not? Um, have on, on that because it's not a procedure that I personally go through every single time. Yeah. So I can't say that there are multiple people and multiple steps that are taken. Um, yeah. But but to assign assign somebody else's job, I'll uh, I'll uh, pass on that. Other than the yeah. that. Uh, competent people should be, and in my experience, 
are hired and that there are multiple fail-safes um, that go into that to ensure on a on a good, well-run set, um, yeah. there are multiple fail-safes that go into that to ensure that something like that doesn't happen. And in, in addition, anybody on set should feel comfortable enough speaking up and asking questions. Yeah, safe. Yeah. Uh, safety first. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you do see online um, a lot, like with, with uh, you know, CGI the way it is now. Like, for example, okay, for example, uh, last night I was watching um, this TV show, right? And the TV show had a lion in it, like a, a lion, right? But, you know, you, you could just tell this was a CGI lion, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the question is, you see a lot online, is with CGI the way it is, why do you even have, like, why do you even have uh, real guns on a set? You know, for um, example. It's hard to fake or pretend for recoil, you know? Right. If, if somebody is not familiar with guns, even if they are familiar, getting body movement, you know. You want uh, that re from a direction. Yeah. Uh, so when you're firing a weapon, because a, a prop gun can mean multiple things, but there is no such thing as a, quote, movie gun. Prop guns are legal firearms that sometimes have been modified to not fire real bullets um, by yeah. mechanical means blocking blocking the uh, the barrel. Um, and a, a blank is simply the casing, the powder, and the wadding without any projectile in it. So you, you can have quarter loads, half loads, full loads, and that responds to the amount of powder that's in that casing. Right. So, right. Having, I mean... Having that, you can't really simulate that sound and that initial kick or response from firing a weapon by giving somebody a plastic gun and say go shoot well right I mean I, I kind of knew that but I wanted you to you know I'm not there <laughs> so, you are um, that, that being said how realistic is it for somebody to jump in the air hang 10 seconds kick somebody in the face uh, attack them with a knife pull a gun out and then shoot somebody <laughs> I, I mean depending, right. depending on the, the the choreograph scenes and that sort of thing, uh, it could also easily be argued that it, yeah, you're in a fantasy world anyway, and it's not, not necessary. I mean, I've known, I've known people at the coroner's office, different places where I've lived, and, um, 
you know, they've all, I've never met any employee of like a coroner's office or a police force or anything like that that said the dead bodies you see in the movies, those are dead bodies in real life. Like, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so how far do you want to suspend disbelief? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I will uh, say that, you know, it's something to consider in well, as well from a union standpoint is there's well-known armors and well-respected people. And so doing away with the, that, you're eliminating a craft that people have worked hard and trained for. Um, yeah. And so that's something to consider from from a union standpoint. Um, and plus, plus, like I imagine, I mean, honestly, like I imagine, like if you're some director and you've got, like anything else, if you've got like a a certain kind of weaponry or something, and you want to be super safe or whatever, just like anything else, you might where you might. I'll wait for this, uh, you know, cameraman or this DP, that's director of photography. But um, you might be like, oh, I'll wait for this armor. You know. <laughs> yeah. Saying, you know. There's what? The, yeah. the people that are respected and excellent at their job know it's a very important part of their vocabulary. <laughs> no, I need more time. No, we're not going to do that. No, we're not ready to shoot. And yeah, you have to yeah, like Safety. anything with life, you have to you have to be able to um, not just say no, but then have the respect of the people around you and be able to articulate why. <laughs> no, it's not safe. I need a few more minutes. Yeah, safety first, man. Safety first. Yeah, and despite all of that, we're, we're back at yeah. not being safe as in that instance on Earth. Um, here's a... Do you, I have... Hmm... Do you want to tell people what your exact craft is or not? Um, I th I think I'll pass. You'll pass. That. Yeah. All right. All right. Because if you were gonna tell people what your craft was, I had questions specific to the craft, which I've I've been wondering <laughs> over the time. We, but. Uh... You can ask me off the record if you want. Oh, for sure. No, I'm I'm totally going to ask you off the record because there have been some questions I've been like, I want to know that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, all right. Um, where do you think, because I had, I don't know if you've heard it, but I had a, a film scholar on, so I'm gonna ask you too. Uh, where do, where do you think uh, the film is moving as far as subject matter, as far as locations, that kind of thing? Um, 
Uh, I don't know that I've necessarily thought about it in a, a broad term. You know, it's it's more of a go to work and help with that and content yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, I will say that during the negotiations, streaming is con- uh, what's considered new media. So each time that new media comes out, they always ask for a discount because they're not sure whether it's going to work or not uh, is part of the excuse, which is nonsense because all these companies are investing millions, if not billions of dollars in producing content and ensuring that they're going to make a profit for it. Yeah. Currently streaming, uh, you know, your Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, uh, now Apple TV, that sort of thing. Yeah. They're, they're the ones that are, uh, knocking out content, producing a lot. So that, that sort of stuff. I mean, the way, the way things are right now and, what carries the weight. Yeah, I don't know about you, though, but I totally remember, like, when Netflix first came out, like, when it... I mean, heck, I remember when it really first came out. But when they started streaming, I can literally remember being all like, okay, the only thing keeping me on cable is sports. And how much am I paying to watch this team? No. <laughs> you know, like, no. Yeah, everything's going, moving away from multiple right? subscriptions to individual, you know, kind of a la carte. And yeah. Picking and yeah. choosing, which might seem great overall, <laughs> but if you're subscribing to every single thing, you're spending a bunch of money. Uh so, well, pros and cons. Well, yeah, but the difference is, is like in the battle days, you had to pick things you weren't going to pay for. Oh yeah. Where now it's like you can, like you can subscribe to, to a certain service for that one show or whatever, because they they blitz your eyeballs with it with for the ads, and you see that one show and you're like. Hey, adult been here. I'm paying how much for one show? Okay. And is the show amazing? No. <laughs> you know? Like, not throwing any one show under the bus, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Those of my audience, if you've heard my episodes, you might know which, uh, which, streaming service I'm talking about but (laughs) (laughs) if you put them all together you might know but uh, let's see Um, well darn it because I have actual questions about like but okay if you don't want to talk about that I'll respect your privacy Um, okay let me ask you this as a craft type person on a set, does your little spidey senses sort of start tingling and you'll be like, 
hey, this this is going to be a good show, or hey, this show's going to be terrible. And if so, oh. what are if so, yeah. what are some of the symptoms? Like, what are some of the signs? Um, just talking with with everybody on set, like how things are are going. Um, some some people in different crafts pay a lot more attention to the script. <laughs> and yeah. you can get you can get the script and and read it because you have to for your job you have to know what's going on, each scene and how whatever character is. Um sometimes the dialogue's garbage, sometimes the 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 costumes or the right. the setup are outdated or incorrect. Uh, yeah, so I've been on stuff that that you know is just not very good. <laughs> uh, but right. you get through it and it's a it's a paycheck and there's always the hope, you know, if it's the first season or second season or whatever that it does well because then you can go back for season two or season three or season, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. So you, you never want something to, to No, because it's, you know, at the end of the day, that's somebody's job. You know, I, I, I could totally see where you might think, I hope this finds an audience. I mean, I'm not the audience for it, but, I hope this finds an audience. <laughs> you know. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more fun question, and then I'll let you shout anything out you want to shout out. Um, have you ever been on been on a set and been like, I'm going to watch this when it comes out? <laughs> I have. I've actually... Oh, I've had the opportunity to work on a particular show on a streaming service that I really enjoyed previously. So it was it was really fun yeah. to do that, and then to go back and look at it and be like, oh yeah, I was, you know, I recognize that, or oh, look and the city that's such and such place or yeah that's, I was, that, I was, that I was, was my day for this day or <laughs> man that that scene right there that was that was a night shoot and that was that was extremely difficult conditions and everybody did yeah. well and came out great yeah that was a lot of work so yeah yeah that's been cool um do, okay, one more fun little question. And in your experience, did people like get star? Did the IATSE folks get starstruck or not really? Are there like, no, oh, um, no. <laughs> every once in a while, somebody's like, "Oh, cool!" You know, um, awesome to, to work with so and so, or I appreciate them. Um, yeah. But in in general, no, it's just it's just another person around, and um, yeah, yeah, it's it's 
somebody that you have, you work with or, you, you know, you got to get through um, whatever you're doing to, to get the job done. So. All right. And I can't even believe I talked to you this long and forgot to ask you. Uh, what were the gains that I actually made in the contract? Well, it depends on who you're asking. <laughs> okay. Certain people will say that uh, there weren't very many gains to be made, um, but they maintained the, the 3%. Um, that's a three percent annual uh, annual pay raise. Uh, there's now a ten hour turnaround for hair and makeup, which uh, doesn't sound like much. And several people on set were upset. On set were upset because they were pushing for twelve hours, but. That wasn't in the original negotiation, and if you're pushing for all crafts to have 12-hour turnarounds, you can you can get into some sticky situations as far as working later and later and later in in the week. Um, so it's not an easy thing to do, uh, but the 10-hour turnaround for hair and makeup means that they at least get that much time off. Uh, the contract negotiations are in that. Um, let's see what what else. Uh, there were some raises to the uh, the health contribution rate, uh, which is important because that goes into um, paying for your insurance. Basically, as a union member, each day that you work on a union set, your employer uh, contributes to this bank of money that you have access to quarterly to pay for your uh, your insurance. And you get to pick your rates and or pick your plans and that sort of thing. So, uh, I believe it was six dollars a day in addition they got for that, or we we got for that. Mm. Um, what else? I heard a term called Fratterday in this podcast I referred to earlier. There's yeah. a term I heard called Fratterday, which is uh, you start on a Friday and then you end up on a Saturday with your day. Yeah. So what happens quite frequently is um, the beginning of the week you'll start early and then by the end of the week you're you're working later and so sometimes shows will do their night shoots on a Friday so you start work at three o'clock five o'clock seven o'clock p.m. on a Friday. And work 12 hours into Saturday morning, 14 hours, 18 hours, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you, then that I starts mean, your, that starts your weekend and then you 
go back to work early Monday. Yeah. You don't necessarily get a uh, a complete weekend. It's really a day and a half. Yeah. Um, one of the games was uh, a weekend rest period of, of 54 hours. Uh, okay. So, um, there and is, is it kind of a flo- I'm sorry, is it kind of a floating weekend too? Uh, well, work week, there's all sorts of nuances to go into the contract. Um, yeah. It could be reduced to 50 hours. Um, union members have access to, to look and, and read it. But basically now there's wording in the contract that allow us a weekend rest period of up to 54 hours. So Yeah, that's cool. Um, let me ask, you're obviously, you sound, uh, younger than working on the X-Files, but all this, when you said typically night shoots happen on Friday, that made me think, you know, all the X-Files shooting happened at night, basically. Is there a show out now that typically happens at night as far as shooting goes? No, I mean, I don't think anything... There's not necessarily a day that's shooting. It's a complicated. The production coordinator has a difficult job because you have to be able to juggle um, location requirements, um, crew requirements, cast requirements. And so when they're putting together all the, the shoot locations and times and that sort of thing, there's a lot to go into it. Um, who can yeah. you get when and what, what location, that sort of thing. Um, ideally, from an employee standpoint, you're not alternating. You know, you're not starting early, working late, and then the next week going back, starting early and working late. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's due to factors outside of production control, such as um, illness, or weather, or that sort of thing. But hopefully, you know, you can work on a on a fairly regular schedule. So if you're shooting all your nights one week, and then days, because yeah. alternating nights and days is difficult for anybody. And let me ask let me ask you another question. On a typical forty eight minute streamer show. Or whatever. Like on a typical 50 minute streamer show, how long is your shooting schedule? Again, it's one of those things that really, yeah. really depends. You know, you could work a couple weeks on it. Um, on, uh, on something like Tyler Perry, he is famous for knocking things out very rapidly, you know, one or two takes, move on. Um, he's looking at producing content, lots of it, and rapidly. And yeah. everybody knows, you know, yeah. work work fast, work efficiently, let's get it done. So it, it depends. A show that, you know, if it's got eight or ten episodes, 
eight to twelve episodes, you could be working six months on it, roughly. Huh. Um, and something more involved, like The Walking Dead, to shoot a season that is roughly thirteen months. Jesus. Because, yeah, yeah. You know, when you're putting people in that many background and people in makeup that are hours a day, yeah, put it on, take it off, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. All right. So, do you have anything you want to shout out into the internet? I don't think so. It's been a a pleasure to speak with you, Ben. And I know I wasn't on top of all the particulars, but no, some of fine. things are, uh, <laughs> are extremely in, involved, um, and particularly well, with, the, with the contract. And so I, I would just encourage people to, this is, this round of negotiations has been a good push for people to learn more about the union that they're involved in. And, what each thing means to them personally and also how it affects um, their their craft and their crew as a whole on set because hope is that there's gains to be made even farther in future negotiations. My fear is we kind of dropped the ball this go-round because we, we let our momentum go by the wayside, but I hope that everybody stays involved in their local, ask questions, and just uh, be prepared. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, as always, uh, this has been Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager, and I had a great day, and I hope you are too. All right. See ya. Just hang on the line with me one second. All right.